Counterattack Podcast with myself, Daps. Um, guys, keep liking, subscribing, sharing, all of that good stuff. Um, I'm back again with another podcast. Make sure you check out the documentary, Son of the Soyo. I'm going to keep drilling that. Make sure you share the documentary. Let me know what you think. Let me know your thoughts. Shout out to everyone that has already commented and shared it and, you know, given the feedback on the documentary. I've got another one coming up later on this year. So just hopefully, guys, you know, you give me the feedback so I know what to do better next time. But, um, yeah, keep the engagement going. Keep the comments coming. Um, I'm in the comments with you guys now. You know, I need to do better with that. Um, hashtag counterattack podcast on Twitter. Join the conversation at me and tell me I'm chatting rubbish, whatever. Just, you know, let's talk, let's talk. So, um, ugh, where do we start today? Um, I think, do you know what, yeah? I think the place to start, because of how the, st- the timelines and the story kind of panned out over the weekend, I think we should start with Arsenal. Only because obviously Arsenal lost and, you know, it provides backdrop for the Man City match. So, Arsenal lost. Second time this season that they've lost. And if I'm being totally honest, before the match started, I had a weird feeling about the match. The reason being because Everton, tricky place to go. If it was still Frank Lampard... (coughs) Sorry. If it was still Frank Lampard in charge of that team, I wouldn't I wouldn't be worried if I'm being totally honest. But Sean Dash, new management, new management, new manager bounce. You just knew it was just going to be a long day. And obviously I had a match that time on Saturday, um I think it's I was on my way to my match, but I watched it back after the fact and we got moved to. If I'm being totally honest, by half time I feel like we should have been two, maybe three nil down. I think the only chance of, you know, note was Enketia. And I think he should have done better with that. But we just we just weren't at it. We looked disjointed. It's not the Arsenal that we'd come to know over, you know, the course of the season. Um it'll be interesting to see um the severity of party's injury. Hopefully it's not too bad. Jorginho came on and I'm seeing this is what I knew would happen. I knew that if Arsenal did not win, the jury would be out on Jorginho and Trossard and whatnot. More, more so Jorginho, because that was a deadline day one. So I, I, I just knew, you know, people are going to be like, ah, oh, Jorginho, Jorginho, as if it was his fault that, you know, we lost that game. And I, I think if Cassiada was in there, we still would have lost that game because, like I said, we Arsenal just did not look at it. Um, Saka, they kicked him off the pitch, you know, early doors and um, gave him real, real treatment. And he was ineffective. The link up we normally see with Saka and Odegaard wasn't there. Martinelli, you know, didn't really look at it. Defense, we looked defensively, we looked all over the place, even before party went off. Um, yeah, it, it was just, it was just a really, really bad performance. And, um, the game was lost. We were always going to... Obviously, you don't want to lose any... You don't want to lose any games as an Arsenal fan or even the players themselves, but you're going to lose. And I think it was just a bit of a disappointing performance. And and had it been... Had it been a thing of... We lost games before and whatnot, I'd be a bit... Uh, but 
like I said, new management. But you know what? I feel like they did it on purpose. I feel like the Premier League gods, small G, come on, um, conspired against us to sack, I mean, or Everton, whatever, to get Sean Dash in now with his bloody bleep test and and do a job on us because they, they just don't want us to win. And um, yeah, you know, it, it, it was a bad day. I, I think it doesn't have to be season defining. It doesn't have to be a defining moment in, in the title race. But I saw someone tweet this actually. It should be a wake up call. So um, I, I'm not too downbeat about the, the loss. I'm disappointed um, hated the performance, but if it serves as a wake-up call, if it serves as a little bit of a kick up the backside, then I'm okay. I was a bit annoyed yesterday, like way more annoyed, but I think obviously after today's um, results as well, it, it works It works out to be not as bad. We're still five points clear with a game in hand, still got to play City twice. So hopefully, hopefully, like I said, it's a wake-up call. But I, I do want to spend some time talking about Everton because... You know, I was looking at them, I was thinking, do they have enough here to stay up? And do you know what? I think Sean Dash will keep them up. I think so. Um, I look at the teams around um, in the relegation zone and I, and I think, <coughs> sorry, I look at the teams in and around the relegation zone and I see two teams definitely going down, in my opinion, obviously, you know, it's very close down there. That's Southampton. And Bournemouth, I just don't think they have enough to, to stay in this league. Southampton look like they're banging trouble. But also, if you win a couple games down in that relegation thing, you're out of it. Look at Nottingham Forest. And I thought Nottingham Forest were assuring. So if I look at that relegation um, fight, you know, Everton are battling out with Leeds. They're battling out with Wolves, Nottingham Forest, Leicester, and Leicester won. Um, so there's there's all to play for. But I do think there's enough quality there to get them out of trouble. And if they are to get out of trouble, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is, um, they've, they've got to get him firing. And I just feel like that moment he had where he was firing, I feel like that was him. That, that's the best way we're going to see from him because I know he's had his injuries and everything, but I'm just struggling to see that version come back do you know what I mean? That version of, you know, the player that was linked to the Arsenals and, and whatnot. I'm struggling to, 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 to see that player coming back. But if Sean Dash can, um, can do it, then they definitely have um, a better chance. And um, yeah, I, they got Onana and I like Onana a lot. I do like Onana a lot. Um, I think, you know, it's just Tarkovsky scoring the winner for Sean Dash. It's just us playing Burnley again. Do you know what I mean? Um, him, Cody at the back, you know, Seamus Coleman. They, they've got real workers to just get people over the line. And I don't know if Leeds potentially have that. Um, I don't know if Wolves have, have, have that. But Wolves, I believe they've got enough attacking quality to, to get them out of that. But um, yeah, they've just got know-how in, 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 that, in that team. And I, th I think they'll be okay, my opinion. What do you guys think? Do you think they'll be okay or do you think that, you know, they're going to go down? Um, <coughs> so, yeah, so, I was ill a couple of weeks ago and the illness is gone, but this cough has stayed. So, I don't know, man. Um, 
But yeah, obviously, after speaking about the Arsenal match and Arsenal losing, it, it gave, you know, City a chance to close the gap to two points because obviously they're five points behind. And if I'm being totally honest, I didn't really give Tottenham a chance before this match. I looked at it and I thought, this is what Tottenham do. They'll compete and then City will just blow them away somehow. But I didn't actually expect what I saw. And and Tottenham played well, but City were bad. City were so bad today. And, And this is what I've been saying in regards to Manchester City, where everyone keeps talking about City putting on this mad run. I said it last week on the pod, but I just don't see this City team going on a crazy run like that because that performance against Tottenham, we've seen that a couple of times this season. Sometimes they've got away with it. Sometimes they haven't got away with it. You know, I think about Fulham and they got away with it last minute. Um, and I, I, just don't, I just don't see them going on, on, on a crazy run. And, and what I saw today wasn't a pep team wasn't the Man City that we've we've come to know. What I saw today was a team that looks like there's unrest. And I don't know anything. They just look disjointed. They just look like they just weren't interested. They looked like they weren't motivated or up for it. The only one who really looked good out there today was Grealish. And Grealish had a really good game, considering um, they lost and everything. So, um, you know, I, I think it was weird leaving KDB on the bench. I don't know what that's about. You know, you're hearing Pep beforehand when they asked him about Cancelo, why he let him go. And he was saying that, you know, since the pre-season of, you know, after the um, World Cup, you know, they've, they've played with different styles and, and you know, they're picking the players that that they feel suit those styles best and blah, blah, blah. And players just, just didn't look at it. I thought taking off Mahrez was a strange decision considering how the team have been playing. Taking off Mahrez before you took off... Um, Oh my gosh, what's his name? Alvarez. Is it Alvarez? Yeah. Um, I thought it was a strange decision. I thought for them to get a goal back, you're going to need to get Mahrez into the game a bit more. And and he was, he's he's the person you look to um, in that team, one of the people you look to to make something happen. And Haaland, oh. And I'm not one of those, yeah. I'm not one of those that will look at Haaland and just be like, oh, he flopped. He's he he did badly and I mean he's a flop and he can't perform. Because I'm seeing these shouts about Haaland can't perform against top six and and which I think is nonsense. Even the shouts that people are saying um in regards to him being, you know, the, the reason why Man City aren't flowing because they've changed their whole style because of him. I'm not really buying into that. And the reason why, mo- mostly because he scored 25 goals in the league, number one. And and I, there's more to it than just Haaland. You know, we always look for a reason, like a scapegoat. Man United, when it was it was Ronaldo at one point, it was Martial at one point. Arsenal, it was Ozil. Like people always look for scapegoats as to why something ain't happening. And But ha- Haaland today, the reason why I'm also not going to be too hard on him is because I, I truly believe if KDB was on for the whole match, Haaland would have got more chances because in the first half especially, you can see he's making those runs all day long and no one is finding him. And it's surprising because a couple of times, Bernardo Silva had the opportunity to put him in and he didn't. I don't know if he didn't see it or he just, just didn't want to take the risk or wanted to be a bit safer. But, you know, it's another performance where Haaland has been shut out and not only has he not scored, he's... 
literally had no impact throughout the whole game. And um, I just I just think that we're seeing that a couple more times. We're, we're seeing that a bit too often, that if he doesn't score, you know, and if he doesn't score, then he has, he has an absolute dud of a game. And all it's doing is allowing people to, like, continue to make these, you know, agendas. Ah, oh, Haaland, Haaland. Like, and I'm not with it, but he did have a bad game today. I've seen him have games like that a couple of times. But, I, I, uh, but equally, we know he can score goals. Equally, we know that you've got a player in KDB where if he's on the pitch, him and Haaland have that understanding. And it's a no-brainer. So when they asked Pep why he left him out and he said purely tactical, what does that mean? Like, why, how is that tactical? What tactics are you trying to play? Like, what... I don't know. I, I just didn't see. I just didn't see the vision, and you know when KDB came on, they looked more of a threat. Suddenly, they're getting quality balls into the box. Balls. They're getting quality, you know, crosses into the box and everything. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. City just don't look like City, and and we know it's no secret that they want Champions League. It's no secret that Man City want Champions League. But on that showing against Tottenham on the showing of what we've been seeing in the league over the last couple of weeks, months at times, are they even assuming to even get far in the Champions League? Do you know what I mean? Like, we're all assuming, yeah, they're going to go after it, they're going to compete on and whatnot. But I'm not sure they can if they continue to perform like that. If that Man City team that played against Tottenham goes in the Champions League against whoever they've got, they're coming out of the Champions League because they look very beatable. And the thing that saves them is the fact that they have that quality where you know, that, that bailed them out quality. And KDB is bailed them out quality. Haaland is bailed them out quality. And, you know, if we're if you're able to to play against them and they sharp like that like they did today, Champions League is not even is not even a shoeing. And um yeah, so they better be careful in regards in regards to that. So yeah, back. Quick pause. So if you're watching this you'll see the quick edit. Um yeah, so guys, man, I just want to say congratulations to Harry Kane. Broken the record. I think it's 267 goals. Has, and he's now um, Tottenham's all-time leading goal scorer. So I just want to big him up. Regardless of what I've said about him over the years, which I still agree with in regards to him not being world-class. Um, but today's not even about that. I just want to say congratulations because when all is said and done, he is a top, top striker. A top, top bagsman. And you can't deny that. Whether whether he's world-class or not is irrelevant because in regards to strikers in world football, he is up there. So big him up. 267 goals. I just want to give him his praise today. And um, when his chance came, he took it. He took it, which is what we know of Harry Kane. So congratulations to him. He got the winner today. Um, he, he even said himself it was good for him to get the record at home in front of... Um, his his fans and also in in a big game like it was today so big him up and I also want to shout out Emerson Royale because listen Emerson Royale I've never seen him play so well and I'm not really an Emerson Royale fan I think he's quite average if I'm being totally honest but um today he was he, he probably that, that's the best I've seen him play the best I've seen him play for any team ever even though, to be honest, I only ever saw him play for um, Tottenham. So, yeah, he, he played well there, um, kept Grealish. Him and Grealish were going at it all game, and it was a good battle. And, you know, it says a lot that like Grealish played well, but 
um, he did not met, he did not make Royale look like you know look average at all. Emerson Royale, they gave man of the match to Hoiberg, but if I'm being totally honest, I think I would have given it to Royale because he, he was he was good. But I also need to talk about Romero, Christian Romero. Listen, very good defender, but he needs to cut out this rashness because the moment he got booked and even the even the tackle he made to get booked, what was he thinking? He was never going to win that ball. He didn't even try to make it cute. It was literally just straight through a man. And from when that happened early on in the in the first half, I knew straight away this guy is going to get sent off. I knew Christian Romero, after that booking, a red is coming. It came late on, lucky for Tottenham. But he just doesn't learn. Against Arsenal, he should have been off. There, was like, there were like four or five tackles which, which he made that he should have just gone off. And um, today, again, like you know you're on a booking and you make silly challenges. And there, there, was, there was another time where the ref waved play on, but he could have easily been, um, play could have easily been brought back and stopped. You know, he just needs to stop because that's going to stop him from going on to being one of the top, top defenders. Because I like Christian Romero, but I, he's just got that rashness in him. And, and if, if he doesn't curb that, that's just going to be him. Always going to get a sending off. Always going to get a yellow card. And um, on another day, it would have cost Tottenham because, you know, a rampant City team or a better opposition in, in general um, would have made them pay. But City, today's version of City, they got away with it. So um, he needs to he needs to cut that out because, yeah, he's, just, he's going to end up costing um, Tottenham quite a few points if he continues to do that. So that's what I wanted to say about that. Um, the race for top four. So shout out Muz, Muz Carrier, plays for Burton. He's been on this podcast as well. So just go back and check it out. He reckons Manchester United, wait, he thinks after Arsenal's loss, and this is before the Man City game, he's saying to me that Man City, I mean, Arsenal might not finish top two. And that, where it's, it's all going to fall apart and he's a Manchester United fan so he reckons Manchester United have got enough going for them to even pip it I don't know if he was on banter but I didn't feel like it was banter so with that being said obviously he changed his tune a bit after Man City lost with that being said though um, Manchester United right now are playing some real good football real real good football and and I'm quite happy that Casemiro got that red card because it weakens them and they're looking a bit too dangerous and I don't like it. But from an, if I'm looking at it from strictly footballing neutral, Ten Hag is doing a great job there. They're looking like a team again. They're looking like they've got the right um, like mojo back. They're looking like their togetherness is back. And I feel like I'm saying this every week now. Rashford is, is playing like a madman. He's playing out of his skin. Rashford and he's in you know when you get to that point as a striker where you just he's not even a striker winger whatever but you just always seem to just be in the right place right time everything you touches ends up in a goal that's when you know you're bang on form and he's 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 doing the job right now he's definitely doing the job and also I think I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before but Martinez on I've definitely said on the pod Martinez at the back is he's so good 
so 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 good and you know he is definitely one of the buyers of the um of the of the season 100% i'm not saying he's the buyer of the season but he's so good him alongside casemiro have are probably for me have have transformed that team they have at the back, you've got him and Varane. Varane's looking like his old self again. And he's obviously retired from, from international football now. Great career. He's had won everything at international level. So big him up. He's actually won everything there is to win, Varane. Anyway, him and, um, you know, Varane's first season was a bit shaky. But I, I truly believe injuries plus the fact that he's playing against someone that's naturally shaky in, in Maguire anyway. Just didn't help him. And I think now with... Him and Martinez getting this understanding and, and Varane getting the run of games. They're looking so impressive. And obviously Casemiro, um, Casemiro is just doing Casemiro. But I was surprised to hear that it was Casemiro's first red card. I'm, I'm so surprised. I don't know. That's how good he is. He's never had a red card. That's his first red card of his career. And considering how he plays and, you know, the, his combative nature and the amount of fouls that he makes, the tactical ones, He's done well to get this far. And it was a needless, it was a needless red card. And I'm sure he's looking at it thinking, oh, why, why? But two hands around the neck, like Homer Simpson and Bart. I don't know what he was thinking. That's wild. But, and he didn't need to do it. But, you know, I don't know how far they can go. Um, and we'll, we'll just, I'll just mention in the top four. I think my top four, no order, because I'm not even trying to put the pressure on. Top four, Arsenal, Manchester United, Manchester City. This isn't in order, by the way. And that final space, I, <coughs> I want to go Newcastle. I really want to go Newcastle because they're so hard to, to score against. And I want to go Newcastle. But the thing about Tottenham, Tottenham got have got the players to to win games, but they've also got performances in them where, you know, we've been seeing it all season where they're just not at it, where, you know, they allow teams to go 2 0 up and everything. And I don't know as the season goes on, you know, how that's gonna, you know, progress. But you know what, I'm gonna sit on the fence. I don't know who's getting that that fourth one. But definitely Manchester United, Man City and Arsenal in the top three for me. And yeah, that's literally what I'm what I think in regards to that. All right, guys, make sure you keep subscribing. Make sure you like and all of that stuff. We're going to keep it going. Right. I think it's time I spoke about Chelsea now. Right, Chelsea. Oh, let me set up for this. Chelsea played Fulham and, you know, they un unveiled a bunch of their new signings. And, and I just... It's hard to, to judge. To be honest, with... Like, you can't really judge Chelsea right now because I think it was, I, I forgot her name, the, the, the female pundit that covered that game. She said it's almost like a pre-season, getting all of these players through the door all at one time. Um, it's almost like a pre-season, like, oh, show me what you got. You get minutes here, 60 minutes here, then you come off and, and blah, 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 blah. And so you can't really judge them. The ones you can judge is Havertz. And I like Havertz. Honestly, I, I actually think Havertz is a good player, but something has to change because Chelsea keep playing him, whether it's Potter, whether it's Tuchel, they keep playing him in this 
number nine, whatever, as a striker, and it's not working. And I get that they don't have other strikers, but something has to change, whether that be the tactics or whether or whether that be his role or whether that just be personnel, because what's happening is that more and more games are going by and he's looking average. He's looking like, he's looking bad, basically. And I honestly believe that he is going to be a very, very good player. But I feel like he's at a crossroad right now. And part of that is to, and part of that is because I don't think anyone really knows what his best position is. So I think once once they nail down what his best position is, then we'll start to see a good habit. But right now, striker isn't his position and they're asking him to do it. And I feel sorry for him because they're asking him to do a job that isn't in his, you know, he might chip him with a couple goals here, but he's not a striker. He's not a number nine. And I think we see that time and time again. Another one that I've got a question is Mount. Again, Mount, technically great player. Technically great. But again, he started a game and offered nothing. And do you know what? I'm going to go out there. And I believe he's in talks f- um, for a new contract right now. If I'm, if I'm, you know, under, if what I'm saying is, is, is correct. So Mount is up for a new contract or negotiating for a new contract. And I truly believe, and obviously I have no knowledge of anything, but I honestly think that the club are probably looking at him saying, between now and the end of the season, show me what you got. Because as much as he's he's angling for a new contract, as much as they're negotiating for a new contract, we also know that Tottenham, I'm Tottenham, we also know that Chelsea are going to have to get players out the door. And I don't know, I'm, I might be wild here, but if things don't change in regards to Mount between now and the end of the season, I think that they could possibly look to not offload him but yeah even offload him I don't know man because the fact that he's playing week in week out you know and then getting subbed off and and dragged off and that and that I I just think that something's got to give I think that they're looking at it thinking how long can this go on for so I I think they're saying look we're going to give you license to play we're going to give you all the game time you need, but you're going to have to earn that contract. If you don't earn that contract, then some di- very different, some very difficult conversations are going to be had. And that's just what I think. I don't know anything, but it's just a hunch. It's just a hunch for me. Um, Enzo, like him. I like him a lot. But I didn't know until this week that Benfica bought him for 10 mil in the summer. He played 17 games for them and went for 115 or 105 million, whatever it is, which is wild. So the thing is, you can't help but judge him because of the the price tag, because he's a very, very good player. He's got got a very, very high potential. You can see that over the years, he's going to be a, a good player. But because of the money that he's come for, and we're not even just talking about 60 mil and him not being worth 60 mil. We're talking about almost double that. <clears throat> and it's an outrageous amount, British transfer record. It's an outrageous amount where you can't help but judge. You can't help but look and think, ah, Chelsea got their trousers pulled down there. Do you know what I mean? And I I, I think I think he, he did well. I think he did okay. First game in and 
he 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 done okay. Obviously, not worth that money that that they paid, but he's he's he he did okay. Mudrick came off at halftime, didn't do anything. They said he had he was suffering with a cold. I just think he had a mare, which I'm totally here for. I didn't want to come to Arsenal. Um, actually, he did want to come to Arsenal. To be fair, um, yeah. So that's him. There's someone else, Badia Shile. I do want to talk about him. He's looking good. He's looking, and it's it's early days, but he's looking like what they wanted Kulabali to be. You know, he's got he's got a good reading of the game. He's got a good understanding with Thiago um, Silva. He's he's got you know the old adage of pace and power. Looking real strong. Looking like he's a confident player. He he's looking he's looking good, and I knew nothing about him. I knew absolutely nothing about him, but he's looking like um, he he's he's gonna he's gonna go on and and be a very very good buyer for Chelsea. So yeah, I think that's not it for me. Let me see my list. But yeah, I I, I just think Chelsea. Ah uh, yes, 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 that's the one. I I do think Chelsea um, look destroyed, like I said, but it's to be expected. New players have to be blood and um, played and they've not played together. They don't know each other. They've been with each other a couple of days before they have to play against Fulham. Fulham did well. And um, I'm liking Fulham as well se- separately, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, but yeah, and listen, before I go, Liverpool. Listen, I don't know what's going on there. I genuinely just do not know, do not know what's happening. With Liverpool right now, Liverpool are. Uh, how can I put this? They're just bad. They're just so bad right now, and I don't know what it is. I genuinely, I don't think it's a manager. I think if he didn't have credit in the bank because of his Champions League wins and Premier League wins and whatnot, and getting to the finals, I think he would be in deep trouble. But it's interesting because. Any other manager, even if they had that, Tuchel had um, had Champions League in, in 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 the bank. You'd think that that gave him credit, but they were onto him, and it's weird that they're not really onto Klopp. And I don't think that I don't want them to be onto Klopp because I still believe he's a he's a good manager and the right manager for them. And it would be a mistake to let him go. But it's interesting how the media oh bit my tongue. It's interesting how the media spin this whole Klopp Liverpool not doing well, but he's not under any real pressure. When, if it's other managers, you know that they're under pressure. I just mentioned Tuchel. Tuchel had Champions League the season before, and yet he was really under it, to the point where they had to get rid of him. And I'm, again, I'm not saying they should get rid of Klopp. I'm not saying that at all, because again, it would be a bad move for them to get rid of him. But I just think it's interesting how there's this radio silence when it comes to his future. And he's looking stressed. He's looking a bit disgruntled. I do think, in their mind, they're um, they're just hoping for another Champions League run, and they got Real Madrid, which is crazy because I actually do think they can beat Real Madrid, but it depends on the players they got available, obviously. But I do believe they can beat Real Madrid. Um, Real Madrid look a bit a year old, obviously. The players don't look. The team ain't looking. It's like they've on a come down after that Champions League run, and. Um, yeah, they they will. I I think Liverpool will win that game. Well, honestly, I'm not even I'm not even trying to be funny. But anyway, um, yeah, Klopp. I believe 
they've kind of written off this season in regards to domestic stuff. I think they're going to pin their hopes on Champions League. If they don't make Champions League, then, you know, it's just, it's just a write-off season and, they, and then they go again. But I don't think they're going to get rid of um, Klopp at all because who they're going to get in to replace him. He's a top manager and it's, it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back from this. It'll be interesting to see how he, how he turns it around. Um, yeah, and he's lucky that they've got the injuries because even without certain injuries, they weren't really at it. But they need, you know what it is? They need a midfielder. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so shocked that they haven't bought a midfielder. You know, they spent that money on Gakpo and Gakpo, you know, started off slowly when that money could have been put to use, put to good use and got a midfielder in. So that's a mistake on their part. You know, you didn't need another attacker, but I really do believe they should have got, um, uh, what do you call it, in? a midfielder in. So, but they didn't and that's on them. Is that everything? I do believe that's everything. Just a quick one, just to wrap up. I'm going to do another one during the week as well. So you're going to get two this week. Um, that was just another one make sure you like subscribe share let me know your thoughts on what I've said sorry my voice sounded a bit croaky today because I've been coughing and and football yesterday was it took a lot out of me but yeah guys you just let me know what you think in the comments hashtag counterattack podcast on twitter at dapo ceo and um, yeah that's it for me I'm out <laughs>